Oh, I was going to ask you if you've watched any good horror things recently. Mm, I almost went to the movies to go see uh, The Purge Forever, or Forever Purge. Yeah. But I didn't. I ended up choosing to go see Black Widow instead, because I felt like that was more of important to talk about with friends than Forever Purge. <laughs> but, but you've been back in a theater. I haven't been in a theater yet. How was that? So it was my first time going... Um, I did it on a Tuesday at noon. <laughs> there were maybe like 12 people in the theater and everyone was wearing masks and spread out. So, um, I felt, I felt okay about it. Uh, I wouldn't, I mean, again, like I wouldn't do it if I wasn't able to do it on a matinee on a Tuesday, which is probably like the least attended sure. one, especially if you're going to see a Marvel movie. Right. Um, no one was probably at the forever purge. So that might've been safer. Uh, I, I wouldn't have I, I would never do it on a like a nighttime or a Friday or Saturday or Sunday just it was but but they had the fans going people were wearing their masks which in Missouri is a crapshoot <laughs> sometimes they will sometimes they won't but because the uh, Delta variant is like like hot zone is in southwest Missouri um, where I just was yesterday but everyone was wearing masks at the service there that I went to um, people were wearing them in the theaters and that made me very happy and a little more comfortable nice nice I, i'm excited to get back to the theater i love movies i love being in and watching movies in a movie theater so i'm looking mm-hmm. for, i mean i'm ready to go back i just need to need to get on it i think figure out what i think I the see. older i get the older i get the more i want to watch movies like i do by myself maybe not by myself but like with one or two other people too but like in the middle of the day when no one else is in the theater or like there's only a few people do you, when we were when we were younger, we used to be like, let's go like Harry Potter nights when the yeah. movie would open at like midnight on Thursday, like packed theater, and it was so fun. Now I'm like, oh god, that sounds awful. I know, I know. I, I'm with you. I think like watching a, going to a movie like a senior, a senior citizen. Is yeah, the way to do it. Exactly. <laughs> well, do you want to do uh, American Horror Stories? Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the hit show American Horror Story and the new Avex show American Horror Stories. Uh, I'm your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host. Chris Husted. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the new show. Welcome to our, uh, you know, I guess, premiere episodes of American Horror Stories, the new anthology series that is kind of the spin-off of American Horror Story, which will be returning in August. Excited to have you here, whether you're a first-time listener or someone who's been with us for a long time. Um, you know, as always, you know, Chris and I just like to cover the episodes, um, talk through our thoughts. We've been watching American Horror Story for a long time. I think with American Horror Stories, our plan here is to keep the episodes a little bit shorter, not quite be the detailed recap that we typically do for American Horror Story, but still kind of covering the main points and offering up our kind of a rate, typical ratings assessment at the end. Uh, before we dive in, as always, you know, you can leave us comments and questions on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash This American Horror Story. Or you can shoot us questions and theories or whatever you want us to discuss at This American Horror Story at gmail.com. Uh, we are recording in the middle of the day on a Sunday. Normally, we would, you know, after an episode of American Horror Story, we record immediately after, but we've given ourselves a little bit of a cushion after these American Horror Stories episodes drop. So I'm just drinking a cup of coffee right now. How about you, Chris? You got anything fun going on? 
I, I filled my water bottle up with water. Uh, I'm kind of hydrating because I'm going to do a barbecue in a little bit, so I want to, you know, I'll, I'll have a little bit of drinks there. Yeah, summer days, you got to stay hydrated, you know. Yeah. Um, well, without further ado, maybe we should go ahead and dive into episodes one and two, which I think are the only episodes, from what I've heard, that will be, you know, um, a continuous story over two episodes of American Horror Stories. Of course, this was Rubber Woman episodes one and two um go ahead right, right out the gate so they they pitch us this whole series on an anthology series that's a different horror story each episode and for the first premiere episode they already break that format <laughs> to give us a two-part uh a story i'm okay with it but it was a little annoying to be like okay you can't even you, you haven't they haven't even gotten into their groove yet but um anyway but continue. Sorry, that just kind of, you know, break. You gotta, you gotta do your regular format before you break format. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe they just wanted to Vegas feel like we're starting off with a bang. Um, this particular episode uh, was directed, or these two episodes, I think, were directed by Loni Peristeer, who is a former. You know, he's done American Horror Story for a while. Um, he directed, for instance, the Ten Commandments killer episode of Hotel. So he's been around mm. the block with our American Horror Story folks. Um, you can kind of get that because there was definitely like a. I felt like there was a continuity between the regular American Horror Story show and what was happening in this ep- these two episodes. Of course, that was natural, considering we were back at Murder House. Um, I want you to tell me how you felt when we had this opening scene. You know, um, we know it, we're already, you know, back at the Murder House. Um, we're, we're another family who's trying to go and renovate the Murder House. I mean, in a lot of ways, we're, we're revisiting a story that is uh, as old as time at this point. Where was your mind at as we kind of zoomed in on this? kind of what you just touched on uh, i was like uh, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with this story and i don't think it's gonna end well for most of these characters if not all of the characters um i you know some of it was maybe it's because we just rewatched uh season one murder house which is great a uh, wonderful season um but i felt like i didn't need to be back in the murder house uh with the same premise again uh like Honestly, it was the same story with um, Zachary Quinto's character uh, and his partner or husband. I can't remember if they were married. Um, just minus they didn't have a daughter. <laughs> right. You know, but they were trying to flip the house. And it's like, we have, it's just the same thing. Um, and that was kind of frust- not frustrating. It was just like, all right, you better be doing something innovative with this because we've, we've heard this story before. And I like the story. Don't get me wrong. It's a great story. It's fun. It's spooky. It's scary. Uh, kind of a nightmare situation. But I uh, felt a little low-hanging fruit to just feed off of people's nostalgia for season one and give us a very similar story yeah how'd you feel no i felt the same way and for everyone you know um who it's been a bit since you've seen season one chris and i re- did a rewatch season uh on the podcast of murder house last fall during the pandemic and so yeah. it's so it's still pretty fresh for us so for me for instance when we open up and we see them on the freeway in la going to the murder house it's like it's very reminiscent of the Harmons in the car with violet in the back seat and they're talking through the same thing about why are we going into this new house i mean obviously they were coming from massachusetts and they had i mean they had issues but then again we know that matt bomer and grabbing keels uh krill's couple they have issues too as we find out pretty quickly so you know i think it's meant to be a little bit of a tip of the hat to season one but I agree with you as we continue through in some ways, it was like, maybe this is too much, uh, you know, reboot too similar. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think of the rubber, like the rubbery suit credits? It's funny. Cause, uh, well, so 
I, I do like that we, even in the cold open, we get to see the rubber suit and she finds the daughter, Scarlet finds it right away. And I was racking my brain. I was like, where, 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 where did we last see it? When was it last seen in, in American Horror Story? Um, and But then the whole timeline of since, uh, since um, uh, uh, Apocalypse kind of rechanged storyline. So I don't even remember where it was, but it's hanging in the closet. So it was cool to see that right out the gate to be like, okay, we're jumping right in. So that, that was kind of fun to, to do that. But she put it on immediately, which was disgusting. Uh, <laughs> and then she turns and then she looks in the mirror and it's, is, is it supposed to be Tate in the suit as Rubber Man? We, ne- we never really know, but it's a man's version. It's a man's body, uh, obviously. Um, and they did the neck no, crack, yeah. And yeah. Um, anyway, and then we get the opening sequence. And I actually really like the opening sequence. Um, I don't know if they'll keep that one the whole time, but it was kind of cool, artsy take on... It almost felt like the beginning of a Bond movie. You know how it's kind of like this yeah. dramatic, dancey art uh, with the music, which is the same music from uh, season one, I believe, of American Horror Story. Uh, I, I I thought it was cool. I liked it. I was like, oh, I like this. What did you think? I love that take that it reminded you of a Bond movie. It's like, I, I think I would have loved to have heard like some ballad by, you know, Sam Smith or Adele <laughs> or something over it. Oh, yeah. Pretty sweet. Uh, but no, I thought it was great. It will be interesting to see if they continue on with that episode to episode. Um, to your point, I did. I also thought that it was like pretty nasty that she immediately puts it on. But I think we're pretty quickly learned that she kind of has a thing for bondage and S&M and stuff like that. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting that I made a note of at the early kind of part of this is that, um, you know, I think they mentioned during like that they're going to renovate the, the house to capitalize on its hauntedness. Like they're going to, you know, it's going to be a haunted Airbnb thing. And it kind of reminded me of the character in, um, in 1984, who was buying up all the properties that were like haunted to yes. try to um, capitalize on the you know turn that in uh, turn the tourist in. aspect exactly exactly so it's like there was that was a little bit of an Easter egg too from 1984 I think good point mm-hmm. or is it a tired storyline that they just can't give up <laughs> that's always the <laughs> that's tough being part very to negative <laughs> <laughs> that's always the the tough part to decide. Um, I want to start by asking you a little bit about how you felt about the character of Scarlet. Um, obviously, you know, the fact that she puts on that rubber suit so quickly is like, I think it is in her character as we learn more about her and like they start going into the porn that she's in too. And then we see the scene of her kind of masturbating on the bed and then it turns into a choking scene and we know that she kind of has this violent angle to her. We hear a little bit about her background and that as a child she was kidnapped, which I don't know about you. I felt like we probably should have gotten a little bit more backstory on that because it felt Dude. like it was like hugely fundamental to what made her kind of fucked up. Hell yeah. What happened on those 10 days like that? They set up this awesome background story and we didn't get anything besides it being told in uh, in the therapy mm. session. And that was really kind of frustrating because it was the most interesting thing that happened in uh, Scarlet. She, I, she was fine. I thought she was good. The actress, I think, did a good job. Her motivations for her behavior throughout the piece was, it wasn't retconned necessarily, but um, it's just it was uh, expository, just in expository dialogue, and uh, how we learn all these things about her as opposed to seeing her do it. The masturbation scene was probably the closest thing we had to seeing her really fantasize about this violence. Uh, even then it didn't go too far enough. I also am very uncomfortable like seeing like a high school 16-year-old do that type of a thing. Um, it's very provocative and stuff. It's also like, that's a child. Um, but uh, as a character, I think 
her her trajectory from beginning to where she ends at let's say at the end of part two is so drastically bizarre and it feel i feel like it doesn't happen over a very long course of time um that transformation i don't think it pays it's it was earned <laughs> um i like the idea of it all but it it, it it goes from zero to a hundred real, real quick. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think there's part, I mean, and I know we have to keep it somewhat condensed because we're only, mm-hmm. we're operating in this, you know, anthology series thing where you don't have a whole season to stretch out and, and talk about that. But like, yeah, it seems like there's a nod about, you know, as a three-year-old, she's captured by a mad woman, as you said, for 10 days. And it seems like some really horrible things happen to her that she yeah. doesn't really have, she doesn't have memories of them, she says. But it would have been like maybe the therapist, even after the therapist has died, maybe they could have teased out like a little exercise where like we figure out a little bit more where kind of the, her her demons came from. Because, I mean, at the beginning, she I mean, she and even throughout, like she seems like a nice girl with like a moral conscience. But then she has like this obviously deeply murderous side to her. Um, sure. Her best friend toward the end of episode two is says she's a sociopath and she 100 percent is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, other question for you at the beginning here um so first of all okay so paris jackson plays maya this is the girl that obviously mm-hmm. she has a crush on and then starts flirting with her and drawing her in did you think at the beginning that maya was screwing with her or did you think it was authentic i thought it was authentic i i actually bought in um just because the way they filmed that was pretty good having the the girls their clicks separate um and paris jackson is not the greatest actress but she did an okay job she was fine and that's one complaint i will have about both these episodes is the acting was not very good um a few people were pretty great or or solid but um and paris was fine i i didn't think that she was messing with uh scarlet though uh she seemed kind of genuine uh and it's kind of maybe the expectation they were playing off of in movies like this where you see the outsider character befriend someone who's similar and also trying to break free of what their stereotype might be unfortunately we were proven wrong but did you think she was being authentic about her interest in uh scarlet i did too because uh, you know the way that they had the friend come out and um shanti that's the friend right that um shanti, shanti yeah. came out and was like she's just screwing with you she doesn't really mean it i was like well maybe they, i feel like they wouldn't say that if like it wasn't really authentic like they wouldn't call it out so clearly but you know they were totally mean, right they were mean girls in her to to uh to the extreme with the whole live streaming thing um mm-hmm. so it was pretty great i mean it was pretty dark when they start bringing in the whole story about you know what was it at rutgers where that happened the story about um uh, yeah the you know the, the suicide yeah where the where the boy the guy was taped um and then killed himself and she like you know tells that story or whatever it was pretty pretty brutal so they, they bring that in and um yeah obviously you know this this episode ends with you know her really quickly moving to murder which we assume is her first time that she's moved to murder and i think here's a couple questions for you around this too so first of all i mean there's some good little you know I'm not even going to call them Easter eggs, but there's like glimpses of things we've seen from murder house before we get to see the infantata, I think in the basement, which is a mm-hmm. big one. Yep. Um, you know, the rubber ball, certainly, obviously we know rubber man Beauregard. is back. Yeah. Um, and then we keep, um, we keep, also, sorry, I was gonna say, we keep getting references to the other psychiatrist or the other therapist in the house. Yeah. Who of course, that's we Ben know Harmon, right? Ben Harmon. Yeah. But you know, we never get to see him of course. Um, and then, then she becomes a murderer that quickly. And it's like, I, you know, I think it's, we're supposed to believe it's because she's kind of possessed to a certain extent by the house and the rubber 
man rubber woman suit is kind of what pushes like it's like she always had a predisposition but it pushes her over the edge is that what you kind of picked up on too yeah well in that classroom scene she says shame is what keeps us from being our true selves and her dads have kind of said in a in a very like correct way like this porn that she's addicted to with the violence in it she is ashamed of it because in society you should be ashamed of violence like that's you or you should correct that that that, that shouldn't be your fundamental being t- to be a violent person hence therapy and, and working through all your issues like being kidnapped for 10 days yeah um so when she puts the suit on it's not necessarily anonymity but it kind of gives her this power uh and and uh, she's able to bring forth like this 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 violence and this through her pain that she had um, the therapist also says like knowing what terrible things happened in a place can bring out the darkness in someone's psyche and that's what like putting her in this is just and giving her the suit where she can like really you see her eyes go black in it like she's finally able to like be this person that she is deep down inside or thinks she is deep down inside uh, that she's been ashamed of yeah do we imagine that in the timeline of things that this particular episode happened between the time that the Harmons lived in the murder house and before, obviously, the scenes in Apocalypse, I would imagine. Um, but they travel back in time in Apocalypse. I, I mean, I feel like I, you know, they don't give, I don't think they give us a year in this episode. So no. I don't think we can place it exactly where it fits in the timeline. And I was trying to look at like the, the style or the phones they were using and I couldn't get a good read on, on, a, on what year this might be. It feels it modern. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last yeah. thing I was going to ask you about episode one before we just ju- jump straight into episode two is yeah. um, about uh, Michael and Troy. You know, we have the couple. They're like, are they comic relief? Like to a certain extent, they're kind of they're they're kind of caricatures. You know, you have the whole scene where they're like, well, we're going to take um, clonopin and get you know get and yeah. get high Do and watch the get crowd. Blitz? on edibles and xanax and oh, watch xanax. the crown i was like that's such a stupid line <laughs> like it worked maybe 10 years ago it was funny but now it's like that's uh, not a great well the dialogue is not great well it's also kind of sad because it just portrays them as being kind of crappy parents you know yeah well like in one scene they're wonderful they're like really thinking about like being open with their daughter and like hey we know we have these, some of these desires like you know but we do have to ground you for this like they seem very reasonable and then they're like, I don't want to deal with this shit. I'm gonna let's take some uh, edibles and get high and just like tune all of our daughter's life out. It's just, I don't know. Again, it's just writing that kind of is like, well, who are these people? Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, and I think we have seen over time that the murder house tends to attract people who maybe aren't the best parents, maybe are not in yeah. the best relationship, those kind of things. Yeah. But also, like, it was, I don't know. I felt like they were a little bit caricatures and like. Yeah, I kind of wanted them to be a little bit, you know, they like you said, they had their moments of being good parents, but it felt, you know, and who knows how much is that is the influence of the murder house. Certainly, uh, maybe right. you know, it gets in their heads and they start kind of playing the same chords as everybody who's ever lived there before. But no, you know. I, I will say um, Matt Bomer, I think he's the strongest actor in both these episodes. He does a great job. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've. I liked him back from when I think Hotel was his his first season in American Horror Story. Maybe um, I, I have think to... he, he no he was in um, Freak Show I believe for like an episode or two I think. Okay, I think Dandy kills him. Was that Freak Show? Mm. Yes, that was Freak Show with Dandy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I mean, it's been a yeah. while now since anyway. we back to those seasons, but no, he, it's always I was I was glad to see Nat Bomer again. Gavin Creel yes. played Troy. I thought. I thought he was fine. I thought he did. A he good was one. all right. Yeah. yeah. I, again, I, you know, in terms of the, I, I agree with you that I think the, 
like the teenage girls were not as strong as you know the adults, but they have a lot more experience. So maybe that speaks. Yeah. To also, we know Paris Jackson's not really an actress. Kaya Gerber mm-hmm. not really an actress. Definitely so, not. Well, so let's talk about that next. So we dive straight <laughs> yeah. into epi- episode two into um, Ruby and her story, and all of a sudden they're in a relationship. I don't know about you, but I, I like I felt starting episode two, I was like. I had to go back and double what check happened? episode one and be like, did I miss a section of the end of the episode where like yeah. she met this person and they got together? Um, yeah, this ghost just appeared and all of a sudden we don't get a time jump or anything. It was just like, oh, she's in love with this other woman now or teenager and they're, you know, madly together. And yeah, yeah, it's I yeah, I was surprised. Um, and then she tells this like absolutely awful, like horrendous story about her sadist uncle while they're in the bathtub there. That was, I mean, that was pretty creepy. That was an effectively horrible scene. And like the whole story about how the parents still being alive was just incredibly dark and twisted. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. But yeah, but it did feel out of context. Um, you know, and we, we find out that she, she, she killed herself in the house and that's why she's there. Yeah. Um, did she, did you uh, catch uh, the scene where she was murdering the nurse? Yes, Gladys. That was, we we got Gladys yep. back too. She was another one of those little glimpses, and I think that was cool. I didn't check this in the credits, but it looked like the same actress. I think I'm not sure. Oh, that's yeah. I didn't check either. I th- yeah, I knew it was Nurse Gladys, but I, yeah, I, I can't remember. Um, yeah, the story about um, her parents like selling her to this dude who's not really her uncle, and then she kills herself at the murder house to so she makes the news so the story comes out. And the realtor, which I wonder if it's our our good old realtor. I thought so, yeah. um, Buries the body and burns the suicide note. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That was a great then, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh, I kind of wish we had seen that in a flashback. That'd been funny. That's that's more American Horror Story campy. Like, that's that's funny. Yeah. Um, But then Ruby says, we could stay here forever if you kill yourself. I was like, this is Tate and Violet redo. Exactly. You know? I wrote down parallels. It's not the first time yep. we've had a ghost human relationship. Again, another story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Similar. Yeah. And, uh, okay. For those who don't know, we mentioned this in our preview episode, but Kaya Gerber is obviously um, Cindy Crawford's Cindy daughter. Crawford's daughter, which you can tell just by looking at her. They look oh my gosh. so close. She's such a ringer for her mom. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. Paris Jackson, obviously, Michael Jackson's daughter. Um, not a ringer. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not exactly, not exactly. Um, yeah, man. I, I, I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on Ruby because I feel like this is a character we were introduced to pretty yeah. quickly. Um, I, you know, one thing I thought about her is like she's clearly like this really violent badass, but again, similar to Scarlet, it's like it sounds like she was just really depressed, and we don't get any sense that she had killed anybody in her real life before she kills herself in the murder house. So it's like, right. uh, you know, is it the house that brought out the murderousness and someone who was just like very exposed to violence at a young age or. I think it's the easy way out to say that, but it's also because we've just covered season one, uh, re- redid it. Like it's definitely, um, the house is, th- is the way I'm going to kind of rationalize why someone who doesn't seem incredibly violent just finds that spark and the house flames it into this giant wildfire of right. violence. The hellmouth, the hellmouth um, of the house, yeah. The hellmouth, yep. Um and and Ruby as a character herself, like her look is awesome. She looks such like such a cool chick like but all, but again the, the the her character arc is not the best and I I get all the point. They hit the beats for certain things, but getting from A to B and B to C like is just a little you know, all of a sudden she melts her heart and decides to let 
Scarlet Liv, even though it's just I don't know. What's the famous Cindy Crawford? What's the famous Cindy Crawford commercial? She like drinks a Pepsi, right, or something like that. So I was like, she does Pepsi. She also did milk. Um, I, I I remember the Pepsi one, so I was like always imagining okay. Ruby was going to grab a Pepsi here in a second. Um, <laughs> a couple other things that happened at the beginning of this episode that were noteworthy. We got a reference back to Piggy Man, who I think, if I remember correctly from our rewatch of season one, we don't ever actually see a real Piggy Man in, Not in the, the murder house. house because he ends yeah. up getting killed by somebody people who are robbing him in his own house, apartment, um, yeah. or his apartment. So I don't. I mean. Apparently that was piggy yeah, that, you know. that didn't make sense. Yeah, uh, maybe he was just still on his Xanax or something like that, as as uh, Troy suggested. <laughs> yeah. um, I did want to call it a specific scene that I thought was hilarious. Um, the first one with Adam, the shirtless contractor. Uh, I actually he was a good character. That guy was. I, we did not get enough of him. He is the underrated star yeah. of these two episodes because yes. he was wacko. The way that they. Loved it. The way that they find you know the the bodies in the wall, and he so quickly goes to just like absolutely kill his killing his daywalker, being like, "Now we're in this together, fuckers." It was yep, pretty brutal. That was that was awesome. I liked that. He was good. Yeah, we should have gotten more him. Oh, and I think he asked for mouth and ass privileges. It was just like some of the lines in this were just. (laughs) God. He was our comic. He was our comic relief. So so underrated. Could have gotten a little bit more of Adam. but throughout this throughout this episode, I was starting to feel like I mean, you started to see the sociopath part of Scarlet come out more because she just had like no emotions about any of these things that were happening, and I mean, obviously they, no. she had put all these bodies in the wall after her first murder, and again, like we said, it could kind of be the numbing of the house's violence within her. But um, yeah, he, he, I don't know. I'm not sure if that was good acting on the part of the actress or if it, you know, cause that was what the role called for. It, it's hard. I, I don't feel like I can really make a judgment on, um, the character of Scarlet's acting. Oh, sorry for the dogs in the background, but, uh, yeah. So uh, obviously we moved to Halloween pretty quickly, which is always fun. I mean, it's still the middle of July for us now, so it doesn't feel that close, but we have a couple of Halloween episodes right. cause we know on Halloween, um, we can run the earth again. And this is yep. when, to your point, we get that whole scene with Shanti where, you know, she calls Scarlet psychopathic and they kind of have an emotional moment where Ruby defends her and all this stuff um, mm-hmm. against the mean girls who are out trying to kill her. I don't, I was not ever particularly scared or intimidated by uh, Maya and her friends in their, like, princess outfits roaming. No. Yeah, she should have, I mean, I know she murders them in season, or in episode one, but she should have just sued them. Like, she, it was a little more of a, you know... You, you didn't have to murder them <laughs> like you would have sued them they would have gone down you would have gotten money your parents could have bu- afforded the house yeah that would have been the mu- much All easier the, the much tidier situation than murdering yeah i did think that the, yeah they, go ahead i was just saying but the, those girls they back off every time because ruby's like apparently more intimidating than uh she's just got the rest of them she's gonna peel their faces off forever which probably yep. took her some time to how to figure out how to do that she must have practiced on some of the other people who are still in that house apparently yeah um they had a pretty <laughs> cheesy reconciliation scene outside of the house i thought where it's like you know all this kind of tension build up and they're like we're not gonna let you in here and then at the end of it they're all we just like you. she's like i'm sorry guys you shouldn't have just shouldn't have done that and i was embarrassed and they're like well i guess every halloween we can roam the earth we did a yeah we did a shitty thing that was yeah that the resolution was not earned <laughs> exactly and and then we kind of have this pretty 
you know, I, I don't know that I understand why after all this, she, she wanted to go live her own life. Like, what did she do in the 10 months leading up to the final scene? Where was she? Was she off murdering people? Was she going to college? It's like, that part's unclear. And then she's just like the rubber woman murderer to go kill uncle Tony. I mean, maybe she was investigating where uncle Tony was and all, all this time. Um, maybe she's dressed all like a, like a kill bill serial killer, uh, or contract killer now. Um, she, yeah, I don't She, Scarlet's, the, the final part of Scarlet's story was pretty awful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, she, her dads are dead and she doesn't show any sadness really about that. Um, she just thinks that they're dumb for getting killed in the house, which was her fault because she wanted to stay. Um, I, I don't understand. And then with Scarlet and Ruby, like, I don't understand why they're in love. Like, you know, they, they share a murderous, like, they both had some kind of very them. traumatizing thing happen to them in childhood, I guess. And, but we don't really explore Scarlet's. Um, yeah. Scarlet's at all. So it's just, I don't know. It was like, we're supposed to believe they're in love, which I don't know. That was kind of hard, but like, whatever. It was also, um, I also thought the very, it was kind of a very corny scene at the end when she calls on the cell phone and like, they're all just hanging out in the kitchen, having a good old time. It felt like there should have been like a voice over there. It's like Scarlet 20 years later. You know, I, I imagine like yeah. a wonder years moment where I was like, man, those were the days when, the family was all together and we have great breakfast and I'd come back on Halloween and see everyone's smiling face again. You know, it was, yeah, it's yeah. And like, who's paying their cell phone bills? Like they're dead. Uh... <laughs> yeah. No one, no one's earning money. I mean, I, so apparently no one else moved into the house. So they're just all, um, they've found a way to, to beat out the mundaneness of, of death or kind of whatever word awesome. Michael and Tony or Michael and Troy used. We also never had a scene where the dads are like, why are you, why did you murder people? Like, murder is bad. Like, we get the scene with them, like, you need to go back to school is, like, what they want. They don't talk about, like, that she murdered so many people. It, it's a little, I don't know, it went it went way over the edge, <laughs> like, the last 30 minutes of the second episode. <laughs> yeah, the motivation so makes sense. I, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you that, it, like, it kind of fl- flopped in that, those final minutes. I mean... You know, that kind of covers the, in broad, you know, in broad strokes, yeah. the narrative of these two episodes. Um, I don't know about you. I felt it was fun to revisit Murder House, certainly, as yeah. it always is. But it, it did feel like a little bit of a repeated story. Um, and I, the fact that I couldn't really f- track, like, the motivations of the characters all the way, I felt like was a little bit frustrating for me. Yeah, well, and some of the lines that were written in to just let some, make something happen or to try to be funny were out of character. And, you know, it's like, this isn't Glee. This is American Horror Stories. And this isn't American Horror Story, like one of your regular seasons. But it sure felt like uh, that the, the Scarlet and her dad's storyline could have been worked into a, a two-episode arc in the middle of Murder House. And it would have been just fine maybe this was a story that was on the cutting room floor that didn't make it because he said there's remember he said there's hundreds of ghosts uh or spirits in the house which is crazy that of course we only see the seven yeah but yeah it it was fine i'm not writing off american horror stories yet um it was fine It, it i was entertained i liked even though we go back a lot i always like to go visit murder house i i am much more looking forward to some more ambitious or innovative or interesting new stories than just these ones. If you had to give this on a scale of one to five rubber woman suits, Oh, nice. um, What would you give it? I would give it three. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, part one was much stronger than part two for me. 
Uh, and I maybe just because we haven't had any new American Horror Story since 2019 that I'm just so thrilled to be back and I love it. It might have been harsher if this was like a regular type of a thing, but I think three's fair. What, what would you give it? It's a good question. You know, I, I was trying to think through this and I think maybe part of the motivation on the part of like Ryan Murphy and the show's creators and writers is like, you know, this is a new series, but it's tied to American Horror Story. Let's ease people into it by having a yeah. narrative that is like a little bit familiar, but a little bit different. Um, which was great. And like you said, it was really fun to come back to murder house as it always is. That said, I feel like it would have been fun to have seen them do something a little bit more innovative with it. I think, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm also just never a huge fan of like, it felt a little scream Queens at, at points, which I liked. There was points of scream. I mean, I enjoyed scream Queens, but it was, yeah. you, you had to acknowledge it for what its own experience was. And like the dynamics between, teenage girls and stuff like that or you know teenagers in general i don't want to say specifically girls that's just who well, was mostly sh- in this episode but right that show leaned completely into that direction so it felt authentic to like the silliness of the sassy girls and whatnot this just was like peppered throughout a little bit and i was like this it just it feels inconsistent or incongruent yeah i think what, what my biggest bummer was is that it wasn't especially scary i mean there was a couple moments that were yeah. a little bit creepy you know there's there's when Scarlet's running through Griffith Park or something like that during the Halloween thing. And she like is running through a haunted house. And then we like find out one of the people in the haunted house really had their intestines slit open because Ruby's just going yeah, wild in the background. Cool. That, like that was a good scene. There was a couple moments like that. But in terms of the actual scariness, I guess maybe Ruby's story when they're in the bathtub is pretty creepy. But the moments were, I, I don't know. I never felt like real scariness. Um, I do feel like we had a couple like really good characters. I think, Adam, the shirtless contractor, was a funny one. I think that the therapist who got killed had like a she, few funny lines. I know, and she was underutilized. I was like, yeah, I was excited about her because it's like just like the Sopranos, like she's going to be the one that will be able to dig into Scarlet through, and she's gotten like a little sassier as she uh, after she was killed. She's like, I don't know why I'm still working, but I like to work. I'm ambitious or whatever. I'm going to write a book. Yeah, <laughs> I liked her. I, I agree. I wish we had seen a little more of her. Uh, she was a fun character. I know. I, um, both those were just underused, I think, in my opinion. And like you said, you know, I think Matt Plomer, Gavin Creel, I, I think we're okay. Um, and, you know, Paris Jackson, Kaya Gerber, um, Sierra McCormick, who I think played Scarlet. It was like, eh, you know, they were you fine. Know. Um, it's kind of the problem when you're hiring um, kind of the it girls of the moment uh, or, you know, in, in, influencers and models um, for name recognition but not necessarily pedigree of training and acting so you're gonna fall into it so you said you said three yeah three three out of five um i will also give it a three i i feel the exact same way about you where it was like i'm excited to be back it was fun to have the, the shows to watch i i mean maybe even the, the awesome credit scene maybe even helped me bump that up to a three because there was elements of it where I'm like oh yeah this feels really great um but there was parts of the story that were just not quite there one more thing I thought of is the sequence where uh, Scarlet's in bed and the rubber man is above her floating yeah, and like, yeah. moving around. I loved that. That reminded me of the ads for the original murder house with the uh, rubber man up in the up in the ceiling in the corner and stuff like that. That was that was a cool scene and kind of creepy. Right. It was like the, I, I feel like the episodes um, had these little moments that were really excellent whether it was in the park whether yeah. it's uh, that part that you're talking about but then it was like the actual narrative storyline um, didn't. Yep didn't execute but it had like these really good little moments i would say aesthetically it also looks very similar to american horror story so um people will be familiar with what it looks like the kind of the muted colors um 
the color scheme. There's a bit of black and white, and then the the red of like Scarlet's hair was great, and it, in contrast to some yeah. of the other stuff. Yeah, aesthetically, you're right. I feel like it was. I actually liked what they did with the music too, because we had mm-hmm. some of the old music oh, the whistle from season song. one. Yeah, we brought the whistle oh, song back, yeah. that kind of stuff. But then we had yeah. like a couple moments where it was like actual, like more modern, real music, which is not, mm-hmm. which is unusual in American Horror Story. So it made it feel a little bit more new in that sense, which I liked as well um, in terms of like the scene setup. Yep. So, you know, six out of 10 is not our best score by any means, but I think it's a fine place to start. And to your point, I'm really excited to see what we do when we start moving outside of the box of what American Horror mm-hmm. Story has been until now and move into territory where that includes new and more original horror concepts i think exactly cool awesome well that being said we'll let everybody get back to their week and of course we'll be back uh for the next episode of american horror stories which i think drops this coming thursday um until then chris where can people find you instagram and twitter at chris Husted, chris with a k what about you tyler you can check me out on both of those as well at tjmoss11 as always you can send your thoughts comments questions to this american horror story at gmail.com or join us on facebook at facebook.com slash this american horror story and you know rate us review us on itunes spotify wherever you listen to your podcast that's how new people find the podcast and kind of keep building this american horror story community more and more um always appreciate that uh I guess from there, man, American Horror Stories. We are back, folks, and that feels pretty fun. Until next week, happy hauntings.